Well, good morning, LC. How are we feeling so far? Everybody having a good morning? Now, I've been a little under the weather this week, so if I start hawking up a lung up here, forgive me. We'll just have Pastor Andrew come and finish the message. So, uh, so help me, help me, Jesus. Man, I'm excited about starting this new series, uh, The Leader Within. Everyone say, The Leader Within. Because I truly believe that inside of us, every one of us, God has placed a leader. But when you hear the word leader, many times what I do is I think of another person. You hear leader and you think, well, I'm not a leader, I'm just a regular person. But you think of another person that you would consider to be a leader. Like me, when I hear the word leader, I first think of Abraham Lincoln. I think of Honest Abe, you know, and you look at his story and look at the things that he was able to accomplish in his, his life, leading our country through a very difficult time. So I would look at him and say, man, I know that he is definitely a great leader. Or I think of a leader like Martin Luther King. And Martin Luther King, the great orator, the man who was able to, through his words, create unity among people that were divided. And I would look at his life and say, he's a phenomenal leader. Or maybe you look at someone like uh, Mother Teresa, and who Mother Teresa has became famous through her love and her sacrifice. In a culture that love and sacrifice are not what make you famous, yet everyone knows her, that means that she's a phenomenal leader. And so when you hear the leader within, you might think, well, yeah, Mother Teresa has a leader within. Or maybe when you hear, uh, you think of the name Steve Jobs. You know, you have an iPhone in your pocket. All of us going to heaven, right? You have an iPhone in your pocket. And so, I'm just kidding. And so you think of what he did, his influence in our society, that his vision, his leadership, the corporation that he built, man, has done amazing things. And you would just think, well, he's a leader, but I'm just a person. Well, can I tell you something? The truth is, all of these people, they're just people too, y'all. There's nothing great or magical or special. They were born with the same gift, talents, and abilities that God has hidden and placed in you. All of us have a leader within. And throughout, throughout the series, we're going to talk about how God has placed within each and every one of us a leader. You see, and we have different giftings. Some of us are more charismatic. Some of us are more intellectual. Some of us have more experiences. We're all different. But our differences is the thing that makes us good when we come together. That God can use the different things about us to do something amazing because we all have a leader within us. And in this series, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. I believe that all of us have the capacity to be a better leader in our homes, better leader for our families, better leader where we work, a better leader in our church. And the beginning of it is a better leader of ourselves. You know, that's the first thing we have to lead is we have to lead ourselves and how we live and how we act and how we think that all of us, we have a leader within. The Bible says this in Deuteronomy 28, 13. I love this scripture. It says, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. The Lord will make you the head. He'll put you in the front and not behind. And I have to tell myself this whenever I start to look at other people that I would think to be better leaders than me and I get insecure about my own capability is I have to say, no, no, no. God created me to be the head and not the tail. And the same thing is true for you. God didn't create you to be on the back end of life getting wagged all around, but he's made you to be the head, to lead your home, to lead your family, to lead yourself, to lead people around you to get to know him. You know, leadership isn't personality, position, or power. Leadership isn't personality, position, or power, but many times we think that it is. We think that the reason that someone's a leader is because of this great personality. Well, have you ever met somebody with an amazing personality that has, hasn't been able to accomplish anything in life, right? They're charismatic, they have magnetic personality, but yet they haven't really been able to get everything together or accomplish much. So sometimes people can be really gifted in one area, but because they haven't developed their leadership, they can't do anything with it. Or sometimes we think that leadership is about position. I don't know about you, but I've had a bunch of different jobs in my life uh, where the person who's over me doesn't really have the capacity to lead me, right? I got a job at Burger King. I worked at Schlotsky's Deli for a while when I was in high school. I sold tires at Sears Automotive. I did roofing and construction, all kinds of stuff. 
And I would meet these people that they would have the position of leadership, but they wouldn't have the skill, the ability to lead. Ever been there? They have, somebody has the office. Why do they have that office? Why is that title on their business card? Just because you have the position doesn't mean that you're a leader. In the same thing that power doesn't determine, relate, doesn't determine uh, leadership. You can have, there can be people that have power. They have finances. They have relational uh, influence. Maybe they have a, a last name that really backs them, but yet somewhere in life they kind of drive their life into the ditch and they get stuck and they can't advance because they couldn't lead themselves. So leadership isn't these things. But what leadership is, in its purest form, leadership is influence. Everyone say influence. influence. Leadership is the ability to influence other people. Now you can take influence and do negative things with it. But what we're talking about and the influence that God wants us to have is to influence people in a positive direction. Another great leader that comes to mind is John Quincy Adams, and he said this. He said, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, and do more, and become more, you're a leader. That if your life, if your actions inspire people to do more with themselves, to dream more, then you're a leader. And I like to think that John Quincy Adams said this right after he left a living church service. Now, I don't know if he had a time machine or what happened, but here at Living Church, we believe there's more. And our heart is that wherever you are in your relationship with God, that he has more for you, more for your family, more for you as a person. And so what we have to do is realize that as we lead people, as we live our life, that it truly is influence that helps us to lead. Everyone say, I'm a leader. leader. You're a leader. You see, Anytime you start listening to uh, podcasts or I'm reading leadership books or I'm, I'm listening to someone teach about leadership, I hear a phrase shared all the time, and it's this. They say, leaders aren't born, they're built. Have you ever heard that? They say, leaders aren't born, meaning that you just don't come into this world being a leader, but that they're built. And built means that they have experiences and education and they have mentors speaking into them. They're built <clears throat> into a leader. But I, I disagree with that, kind of. I kind of agree with it, but I kind of disagree because I truly believe that all of us are born to be a leader. And so I have, bibl- I have a biblical hypothesis for this. I have some foundation to back this up that God has created you to be a leader. And so we have to realize that we have been born to lead. So we've got three points that we're going to walk through today. And throughout the rest of this series, we're going to be spending most of our time talking about how we can build ourselves as a leader. But today I want to establish that you were born to be a leader. And so if when you walk in and we say, you're a leader, you say, no, I'm not. And when I show these pictures, you say, they're leaders, I'm not a leader. Our hope is to inspire you and to encourage you and to fill you with confidence to remember that God has called you and created you to be the head and not the tail. So we're all, so you might have walked in not a leader, but we're walking out leaders together because we're going to look at what the word of God says that this is what we're called to do. So point number one is this. Leaders are born because first we are created in God's image. Everyone say in God's image. That's how you were created. He created you in his image and God is a leader. If God is a leader and we've been created in his image, that means that we're leaders. The Bible says this in Genesis 1.27. So, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Three times in one verse, God says he created us. And if God is a leader, that means that we have been born to lead. So what God is, is what we are. God is able to love, so we're able to love. God is able to forgive, so we're able to forgive. And God is able to lead, and that means that we are called and birthed to lead. You see, we are made in his image. And all throughout Scripture, we could preach an entire series called God the Leader. 
and just talk about how God led people through horrible situations and unbelievable circumstances, but through God's wisdom, he led them through those things. God is the leader. He told Moses this in Exodus chapter 3, verse 17. He said, I will lead you to the land flowing with milk and honey. He gave Moses hope in a situation that was hopeless because God is a leader and we're created in his image. Psalms 23, a very famous portion of scripture says this, he made me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. God is a leader and we're created in his image. Isaiah 42, 16 says, I will lead the blind by a way they do not know. In paths they do not know, I will guide them. I will make darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. You see, God is a leader and we're created in his image. That means that we're born to lead. But it doesn't stop with Father God, does it? But there's another uh, part of the Trinity of the Godhead, and that's Jesus, the Son. Jesus was the greatest leader to ever walk the planet. Jesus accomplished more in his life than any man ever has. You look back and look at all the things that Jesus did. I mean, time has been broken in half, A.D. and B.C., based on the time that Jesus walked on the earth. That's leadership, y'all. The book that's about Jesus' life is called the Bible, his autobiography. The Bible has sold more copies than any book in history. That's a leader. You see, all these leaders that we love and respect and these guys that I read all their stuff, they haven't even came close to the book that Jesus, that the book's about Jesus. See, he's a great leader. Jesus with 12 guys, a ragtag bunch, a motley crew, he pulled them together and those 12 guys changed the course of human history so much it affected eternity. Jesus was a leader. Jesus and God are one and the same and we are created in their image. So that means that we are leaders. So if you say, I'm not a leader, I disagree. Because the Bible says in Genesis, you were created in the greatest leader's image. The Father, the Son, and I can't leave out my friend, the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit, the Bible says this about him in John 14. It says this, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've told you. If someone is teaching you, they're leading you. They're guiding you. They're showing you what your next step is. And the Holy Spirit, his goal, his job, his purpose is to help teach us the right way. John 16, 13 says, whenever the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into the whole truth. So the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are all defined as leaders and we are created in their image. You are a leader. You are born to lead. Inside of you, there is a leader that is able to lead yourself, your family, and your destiny into greatness. But you've just got to believe in yourself. You see, we're born to lead. Point number two is this, that you were created with a purpose. Everyone say, I have a purpose. purpose. You were created with a purpose, that when God knit you together, he made you for a reason. You are not a mistake. You are not a coincidence. You are not here because your, your dad bought your mom flowers on Valentine's Day, right? I'll keep it PG this morning, right? That's not why you're here. You're here because God had a purpose for you. God has a plan for your life. The Bible says this in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you. God appointed us for something that God has a plan for us. It goes on in Jeremiah, a number of chapters later in Jeremiah 29, 11, many of you know this. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So if you were created with a plan, And if God has an objective for your life, he has somewhere that he wants you to get, that means that you have to move from where you are to where he wants you to be. 
You with me? So he wants to move you from where you are to where you want to be. So that means that you have to be able to lead yourself from where you are to where you're going. Well, here's what I know about God. He never calls us to anything he won't equip us to do. And so if God has called you to have a prosperous future, he's equipped you with the leadership inside of you to get yourself there. Come on, now I'm preaching better than y'all letting me know. That God has put inside of you gifts, talents, and abilities to help get you to the thing that he has created you to do before you were even born. There's a leader within you. There's a great leader within you. Leadership is not about a personality on a stage. It's not about somebody who comes up on a screen. Leadership is about influence, and all of us have influence. It's just, are we being intentional with the influence that we have? You see, you were born to lead, but that doesn't mean that you can go through life and stop developing yourself. So we can't have this kind of lazy attitude with it either, where we say, well, God's made me a leader, so now I don't have to develop myself. Well, that's not true. We have to be intentional about developing the leader that's within. I've heard it said that leaders are learners. Leaders are learners. Leaders are intentional about gaining new information and growing themselves. You see, you were born to lead, but designed to learn. We were born to lead, but God designed us. For those of you that were here in the Minefield series, and we talked about how our brain, God designed it to gain new information. Remember? That our brain builds new protein-based neurological pathways called memories that help us in life. God built us to lead, but he designed us to learn. And so we have to be intentional to grow ourselves. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 10.10. It says, using a dull axe, like that you chop a tree down, using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. What we need to do is we need to realize that we have been created to lead, but then be intentional about sharpening our axe and about being not only a leader, but a learner. So I've had to, in my life, tell myself that I've got to go through life with my mental fanny pack on. You've got to put on your mental fanny pack. And so what you do is you put this on. Now, unfortunately, I have a little too much fanny for this pack. Y'all know what I'm saying? So let me get this on here. So what we do is we go through life and realize that leaders are learners. Looks good, right? With my pink shirt. Leaders, <laughs> leaders are learners. And so what we have to do is we have to be intentional as we go throughout life to say, you know what, as I go around, I'm going to be aware of when somebody drops a golden nugget out for me. Yeah. And when somebody says something that's wise, maybe in, in your marriage, you hear a couple that's been married for a long time and they say something about their relationship, you've got to go, oh, i got to grab that golden nugget. And you grab it, and then you put it in your leadership fanny pack. Or maybe you're at work, and you meet somebody who's in your industry that says something that's wise. You grab that, and you say, oh, I'm going to use that to sharpen my axe. And you pull that thing, you say, I'm going to put that in my mental fanny pack. Or you come to church, and you're struggling with something. You're having a hard time. And then there's a song. And in one of the lyrics from worship song, you go, oh, man, that really ministers to me. you got to say, you know what, I'm not just going to leave that song on the screen. I'm going to put that song in my heart and down into my mental fanny pack and say, I'm going to grow myself because leaders are learners. A couple uh, months ago, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who's a pastor, and he invited me to a pastor's conference. And uh, he said it's for pastors of larger churches. I was like, well, have you been to my church? Do you know we planned this six years ago? God's doing a great thing, but we're not by means large compared to some of the guys that were invited to this conference. He said, well, Trustin, I believe in you. I want you to come to this conference. And he said, I'm buying. I said, well, if you're buying, then I'm flying. So I got on an airplane <laughs> and went to Florida and went to this conference. And there was about 30 pastors there from churches all over the country. 
And I sat at this round table as different guys would get up and teach about things they had learned and things they had done in their church. And I'm feverishly writing notes. Like my hand is cramping up. And after every speaker would end, they would say, are there any questions? And I would shoot my hand up with like a dozen questions. Well, you said this, but talk about that more. Or what about this? Or here's my situation. What do you think? And there was other pastors in the room that would shoot up their hands and ask questions. But there was this one guy in the back of the room who at the end, when every speaker was done, he would raise his hand, not wait to be called on and just start talking. You know those people? And he would raise his hand and he would say, you know, let me add to what you were saying. Or he would say, uh, you know, I think that you left out this concept in what you were teaching every time. And so I'm sitting there taking notes, thinking, man, this guy, he must be amazing. Like, this guy must pastor the biggest church in here. Like, who is this dude? So then we all go to lunch one of the days, and I sit down at my table, and this guy, the guy who just abruptly interrupts people and makes, <laughs> makes statements, uh, he sits down next to me. So he asks me about myself. I tell him what I'm doing, and I say, well, what, you know, what about you? Tell me your story. He says, well, you know, I planted a church a number of years ago, and it, it didn't really take off, so I felt like the Lord was leading me to go some, do something else. And so then I, uh, then I uh, went to be a missionary, and that didn't really work out, so then I came back to the States. And uh, then I went into the military to be a chaplain, but they kicked me out because they didn't like what I was teaching. And I'm sitting there, my mind is blown because I'm in this room gaining golden nuggets, like shocked at the wisdom these guys are dropping into me. This guy has walked into the conference so arrogant that he has to raise his hand and give information to people that are well beyond where he is. You see, many times in life, what people do is they walk into a room and their agenda is to walk in, let everybody know the little bit of knowledge that they know, but then they walk out and they don't learn anything. And see, in life, if you know everything, you can't learn anything. And so what we have to do is we have to intentionally put on our fanny pack in the morning and say, I don't know what golden nugget I'm going to run into. I don't know who's going to say it. I don't know who's going to share it. But I'm going to be ready and I'm going to be humble to grab it, pick it up, and add it into my life. So leaders are learners. And we all have to realize that God created us with a purpose. He has somewhere he wants us to get. And he's always going to equip us to get there. But it's our job to sharpen the axe. We have to sharpen our mind and be growing in ourselves so we can accomplish all that God has for us. You know, that's the reason that I hired Pastor Max, our kids' pastor. If you guys haven't met him, you need to get to know Pastor Max. Pastor Max, he's a question asker. Every time you talk to him, he's saying, hey, tell me about this. Tell me about that. Trust him. What do you think we should do here? And man, I love him because uh, since he's been here, I've sent him to a number of other kids' pastors of guys that I'm connected with. And every time Pastor Max has a meeting with one of those guys, they call me and say, man, that guy asks great questions. He asks me so many good questions. And then not only does he ask the questions, he comes back and implements what he learns. And so what we need to do is have that same humble heart, that same humble approach to say, God, I want to learn all that you have for me. And then I'm going to do my best to implement the things that you want to do in my life. So... Number two, we're created with a purpose. Number three is this, that we need to realize that we are created to have influence. Everyone say influence. When God knit you together, when he made you, and then when he became in relationship with you through Jesus, he immediately gave you influence. Think about what the Bible talks about us. The Bible calls us salt and light, right? It says that you are the salt of the earth, right? That we are the light of the world like a city on a hill. You know what salt has? Influence. You put salt in your meal, what's it do? It affects the flavor of the whole dish. You turn on a light in a dark room, what does it do? It has influence. It brightens the entire room. So by God calling us salt and light, influencers, he's telling us that we've been created 
to have influence. You're a leader, y'all. You're a leader, y'all. You are a leader. God has put greatness inside of you. And so we have to live our life realizing that we've been created to have influence. So we just have to step into it. A couple weeks ago, we were in this series, We Are Living Church, and we talked about the purpose of the local church, that the local church is the body, the building, and the bride. We spent a little time in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, talking about the body of Christ. And that the body is made up of a lot of different pieces. You know, the scripture talks about the eye and the hand. The eye and the hand, they do very different tasks. I cannot see with my hand. That would be weird. I'd be like an X-Man if I could, right? I can't see with my hand, and I can't pick things up with my eye. Yet both are extremely essential to my well-being. You know, the same thing's true in the body of Christ. Your giftings, your talents, the things that you're good at are the reason that you can be a leader. Not all of us need to be good at the same thing, or else we wouldn't be a very effective church. We would just be a big hand walking around, you know, not able to do a whole lot, or just a big eye rolling around town. That'd be weird. But because we all have different giftings, because we all have different experiences, because we all have different zones of influence, different areas of influence, it's like Pastor Whitney was talking about. She doesn't know how to do the media stuff. Well, guess what? That's okay. There's a lot of stuff she does know how to do. And so when all of us come together with our different gifts, it helps us accomplish the thing that God has called us to do. So we can't look at Martin Luther King and his his oratory skills and be intimidated. Or we can't look at Mother Teresa and, and look at her capacity for love and sacrifice and think that we aren't a leader. No, no, those are their gifts. Those are their purposes. Those are the things that God's called them to do. We just have to figure out, God, what have you called me to do? I'm going to sharpen my axe and get better at it and pursue everything that you have for me. I've learned for myself and in talking with people that the, the first hurdle of leadership is believing that you are one. It's the first hurdle. That's why I'm talking about this today. It's the first hurdle. There's a lot of information out there. You know, you can go online and listen to a podcast, or you can go and read a leadership book, and there's a ton of great material out there. You can go and grow in all these things, but that's not the hurdle. You can just go to Barnes & Noble, and they have an entire section on leadership. Promise. Shelf after shelf after shelf of books of great content. So the, 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 the first hurdle isn't the information. It's the belief in yourself right? That we need to believe that we have been created to be a leader. And there's no way that in the next three weeks of this series that we can teach everything about leadership. It's not even possible. Like, I can't even scratch everything John Maxwell puts in one book, right? 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. I couldn't even preach that in four weeks. It's so good. But that, the goal is not to teach everything about leadership. It's to light a fire under all of us that we would see ourselves as a leader and grow in our leadership. So, you're, so in, in this month, in this season, if you're saying, man, God, what do you want me to read? Where do you want me to grow? What should I do in my spiritual walk? Grow your leadership. Grow your vantage point of yourself and say, you know what? I'm not just a follower that gets blown around life, but I'm a leader. I've been created to be the head and not the tail. We have to view ourselves that way. Some of the authors that I read a lot, I, I already mentioned John Maxwell or Ken Blanchard. There's a guy named Simon Sinek I listen to or Patrick Lencioni or Peter Drucker. You can ask me or ask Pastor Andrew or Pastor Brandon. The people that we listen to or that we learn from, there's so many great teachers out there on leadership. But the biggest thing I want us to know is that we are leaders. Leaders aren't just CEOs and they aren't just people on big movie screens, but that all of us have been created to lead. Rachel teases me sometimes because I watch goofy TV shows. 
And uh, she's like, this show is not fun at all. This is like a documentary. Why are you watching this documentary? I don't know. It's, I like to do them. So I watch all these shows. Um, I like Undercover Boss. You guys seen Undercover Boss? Or I like, there's a show out called The Prophet. It's not, it's not like a spiritual show. He's like, he goes in and speaks about making profit, right? And so I love that show. It's so good. There's another show uh, by CNBC called uh, Titans. And it's a, it's a show that's like a, a, a documentary of the life of a leader. And so I was watching one a couple months ago about Jack Welch, who is the CEO of GE. And Jack Welch, man, he was an amazing guy. He, he took GE and turned it from a $4 billion company into a $400 billion corporation. It's unbelievable what this guy did in his lifetime. And he said something on that TV show while I was watching it that really inspired and put this series in our heart. Like, this is what we need to teach. Uh, Jack Welch, he said this. He said, followers are good for ego, but leaders are good for business. Such a great concept. So he realized in his business that he didn't just want employees that were following what he was saying because followers just promote problems, but leaders create solutions. So good, man. And so I started to pray about us and pray about us as a church and say, God, what are we doing? Where are we going as we're launching uh, our bylaws, as we're launching partnership? Father, all of us, we all need to step up and to be leaders because leaders are not only good for business, but they're good for ministry. Because who knows, there's a lot of people to still be reached, y'all. There's a lot of people that we need to reach for Jesus. And so the better we are, the better you are, the better we are. When all of us raise ourselves up, when all of us keep sharpening our axe and getting better and realizing that we have a calling, then together we can accomplish great things that we couldn't accomplish on our own. So I'm going to ask the band to come uh, this morning. I got one more thing that I want to do. I want everybody to sit up in your seat. Sit up in your seat real good. We're going to have a repeat after me. You ready? We're going to do some repeat after me. I love it. Because what we need to do, I said, you might walk in and not think you're a leader, but you're going to walk out believing that you're a leader. So I want you to repeat this after me. Everyone say, I am a leader. I am going somewhere. I have a purpose. And nothing can stop me. Okay, now, we're going to say it again. I want you to seriously mean it. Some of y'all are in it to win it, but some of you are like, I have a purpose. No one can stop me. Come on, man. You're the head and not the tail. So we're going to say it again. Here we go. Say, I am a leader. I am going somewhere. I have a purpose. And nothing can stop me. And that's true. You see, the perspective we have of ourself determines our destiny. How we view ourselves is what we become. If we view ourselves as someone who can't, then we don't. But if we view ourselves as someone who can, then we will. I'm about to start preaching, y'all. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. So in this series, I'm super excited as we're gonna learn and we're gonna build our leadership tools. But when you go home, spend some time this week growing yourself as a leader. Buy a book, listen to a podcast. Watch a TED Talk. I don't care. Just grow yourself in some capacity so that you can become a better leader. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the great people of Living Church. And Lord, I thank you that you created all of us with a purpose, with an intent for a reason. And God, as we all try to fulfill our purpose that you have for us, we know that you're going to help us in the process getting there. And Father, help us to sharpen our own axe. Help us to continually fill our mind with golden nuggets that we pick up so that we could be better leaders for our families, better leaders for our church, better leaders for ourselves. And then in that, God, we believe that you will do some great, great things. We all said, amen. Before we go, one more thing uh, that I want to talk about this morning. You know, Jesus, he led in a lot of different ways. But the main reason that he came to lead was to lead us 
out of sin and into salvation. See, the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I have for sure. I've messed up big time in my life. But Jesus, he came to provide a way. The Bible says that he is the path, that he is the way, that he is the truth, that he is the life, that there's no way to the Father except through him, that Jesus is the conduit that we can have relationship with God. He came to lead us in that way. And that all we have to do is believe on him and that we'll be forgiven of all of our sins and our unrighteousness will be turned into righteousness. That's what sanctification is. We'll become sanctified. And so if you're here this morning and you would say, you know what? I'm not in a right relationship with God. I'm not close to him. I've been doing some things that, man, I know I shouldn't be doing. And this morning I feel like something's pulling me. The Bible says that God will draw all men and all women unto himself. And so sometimes you're sitting in a service like this and you feel like something pulling you. That's the Holy Spirit we talked about. He's your advocate. He's for you. He's on your side. And he wants the best for you. And all you have to do is say, God, forgive me my sins and come into my life and forgive me of everything that I've done. And he will. And he'll be made right in a whole new relationship with God and step into a new season. So Living Church, if you would close your eyes and bow your heads. And if that's you, if I'm talking to you this morning and you would say, you know, Pastor, I want to ask for forgiveness. I want Jesus to come into my heart. Today can be your day. On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand and look up at me. We're not going to stand you up. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to pray a prayer over you this morning. If that's you on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise it up if that's you this morning. Yep, right over here in the back. I see that hand. Anybody else want to join this one? Come on, I'm going to wait for you. If there's anybody else that would say, today is my day. Living Church, if you would, pray with this one that raised their hand this morning. Everyone say, Dear God, forgive me my sins and come into my heart. From this day forward, I'm going to live for you. God, I believe you created me for a purpose. And I'm going to follow you as I find out what it is. I love you, Lord. Amen.